Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. All right, that's better. And if you're watching with us online today, uh, good morning and welcome to worship. This is our sharing Sunday. That means that instead of a prepared sermon, uh, we have a spot right here for you to come up and share. So here's how we're going to um, operate. And, and I want to show you the scripture that leads us to this kind of service this morning. If I can have that up there. So this is 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What then shall we say? Let's say it together. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so the church may be built up. So this morning, um, if you've got uh, something that you want to share, uh, what we're going to do is just put your hand up, and uh, I'll let you know. That means you're, uh, you're going to be the third person. The next person who's sharing is going to come up and sit in this chair right here, and the person who's sharing is going to sit here. And uh, I'll wipe the mic off each time. But I, let's just go ahead and keep our masks on. That just makes it a lot simpler. Uh, we are going to engage in ministry this morning. So if you need prayer, prayer for healing, uh, we're going to uh, give you some instruction on that a little bit later. Uh, but we have people ready to pray for, for you. And the way we're going to, we'll do that safely. We'll show you that when we get to that part. So it's a, ch it's a chance for the church to be the church and to uh, share. Uh, and and if, you're, if you're new to this and you haven't really thought about it until now, uh, here's a question that you can respond to. What is God doing in your life? It's an opportunity for us to encourage each other with what the Father's up to uh, in our lives. That makes sense? All right, so I'm going to pray. And uh, if you're online... Uh, please just text whatever it is you want to share and we will, uh, we will uh, put it on the feed and uh, Rob and Leslie who are monitoring the YouTube and Facebook channels will uh, text that to us and we will share that with the congregation so you can be engaged as well if you're not here present with us. Um, we're going to do lots of other interesting things today including um, you'll notice uh, we have a saxophone player here um, his, his name is Steve Watts. Steve, welcome. We're glad you're with us. Um, Steve was here for the album release last week and um, uh, features on the album, but also has uh, his own music. And um, he will lead us in uh, our closing song today. Um, but he has CDs here, and uh, he would like to gift those. Uh, to you uh, who are interested they're on the connect desk so you can help yourself lastly we're going to celebrate communion after the service so if you're at home get your communion elements ready and when we conclude the service we're going to invite you to have communion at home and we're going to do that here again I'll give you instructions on how we're going to do that safely this morning so would you pray with me Father we thank you that uh, we are the church we thank you that it is not the building, but it is the people that you have called out of darkness 
uh, into your glorious light. So Lord, we uh, offer this time of worship and sharing uh, and celebration to you. Lord, prepare our hearts to share, prepare our hearts to be encouraged by our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, God, help us to get ready for communion in bringing to mind anything that we have in our hearts or in our lives that's offensive to you. Uh, God, we, uh, we lay that at your feet now. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus. And uh, we thank you for the privilege of testifying today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, you're probably going to need some time to think. Um, let me just give you a quick uh, announcement of what's coming uh, here in the holiday season coming up. And uh, so next Sunday, we're going to start our Advent series. It's called Promises of Hope. Uh, and that will run through the four Sundays, uh, that and three Sundays following uh, to December 20th. On December 5th, there's going to be a village-wide luminaria walk. People are going to decorate their homes with luminaria and the village, the people of the village are going to be wandering around. The streets will be closed and the front porch of the Paris Center will be decorated so families can take a picture uh, and um, uh, be on this decorated background and there will be Christmas carolers and uh, a piano player on the front porch. So if you want to participate in that email Raz. Our Christmas Eve services are going to be different this year. We're going to do them here, not at the chapel. The chapel is just a nightmare for social distancing. So we're going to do more services uh, because you can see we have limited capacity in here with the COVID. So what we're going to do is on Tuesday and Wednesday, which is uh, the, the two days before Christmas Eve, we're going to have services here at 6.30 and 7.30 p.m. On Christmas Eve itself, we're going to have services here at 3, 4, and 5 p.m. Uh, these services will not all be live streamed. We're just going to record one of them, and it will be available to you uh, Christmas Eve morning around 9 o'clock on our YouTube channel. Um, on December 27th, we're going to have our traditional last Sunday of the year to bless our families and dedicate ourselves to the Lord for the next year. And then on January 3rd, we're going to begin a journey uh, called Astonished. This is going to be a look at the attributes of God, but we're going to do that in a, in a process of, of a spiritual journey uh, where we're going to be inviting everybody to join into a small group. So Jamie, why don't you come on up and just give us a, a quick background on uh, what we're going to be doing with Astonished, and then we'll open the floor. Yeah. Okay. Can you all hear me? So I will model uh, what coming up here and talking looks like during this uh, sharing service. So um, the series to start the new year is called Astonished. It's going to be on the attributes of God. And um, A.W. Tozer, who is a personal fan of, I'm a personal fan of his, says this in chapter one of The Knowledge of the Holy, this book. Says what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Can you get, let that sink in for a second. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about us. 
He actually writes in chapter 1. He says, This is true not only of the individual Christian, but of the company of Christians that compose the church. Always the most revealing thing about a church is her idea of God, just as her most significant message is what she says about him or leaves unsaid. So what we're going to do is, as we start the year is to say, who is this God that we are worshiping? And we're going to walk through each week a different attribute of God. And I just want to encourage you. Sometimes people think, oh, I'm not a theologian because I didn't go to seminary and I didn't, you know, get trained. The thing is, we're all theologians. Theologians are people who have thoughts about God, right? The question is, are your thoughts good or not? And are your thoughts about God true or not? So that's what we're going to do in this series. And I just want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. We're going to incorporate that also into our small groups so that as small groups we can discuss that and tackle that together. Okay? So that's what we're doing in the new year. I'm really pumped about that. And in many ways it will be kind of a worship series. It's like taking God like a diamond and holding him up and then worshiping him after we've discovered who he is. So that's what the series is going to be about. Sound good? All right. All right. Thank you, Jamie. And let me just say, it's going to be, it's going to be by all measures, it's going to be a long and difficult winter from everything we can realistically look at right now. So I just want to encourage you to get in a small group. We're going to be, uh, over the course of the month of December, we're going to be encouraging everybody to join in a small group. We're going to do those on Zoom. Um, but we're going to encourage you to be with other believers as we go through all the challenges and difficulties of a long, dark winter with COVID and whatever else is going on around us. See, when we, when we began this year, we said this year is all about God's presence, right? Uh, let me show you a slide. Can you just go back? down to the bottom there. I can't remember which one it is, but one of the first, last, or second, last slides. No, next one. Yeah. We said, hey, the vision for 2020 is to seek joy in the presence of Jesus. Now, we had no idea what was coming at the time, but God did. And I would say, as we've phoned all of the church and we've talked to people, those that are stepping into God in the Bible in community are thriving. Those that are not, are not. And uh, you just cannot get through uh, what we've been through and what's coming without practicing the presence of God. Amen. And being in community, sharing the burdens you're experiencing with others. So that's, uh, that's for winter of 2021. Uh, astonished, a journey together. All right, that's enough of announcements. Let's uh, invite people who want to share to come on up and share. You look like you're ready. No? I, I'm sorry. I, come on. Come on. All right. And just say your name and... Um, uh, Keep, keep, it, uh, keep it brief so we can have a lot of people share. Okay. So my name is Krista. 
Uh, so let's see. Um, what God has been speaking to me, um, I, I, it's, it's, kind of, it's a revelation that he shared with me. And it's about um, uh, a couple, about a month ago, I was um, falling asleep. I told, I said, I'm sleeping in. And he, um, I woke about 4 o'clock in the morning, and I said, no, I'm sleeping in. But God impressed on me to read Philemon 1.6. And I read in the King James Version, so I'll just have to go from memory. It was um, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And so um, I, I read it, and I put my phone down. I said, I'm going back to sleep. Then he began to speak to me. He said, this is the love seat scripture. And he knew that I would know what he was talking about when he said, this is the love seat scripture. And um, he said, this is the abiding in me. And he also said, my, my words are fire out of your mouth. But um, so I went to sleep. And I woke up and I began to, to look at that scripture. And um, I looked at um, uh, 1 John or chapter 2, and it was just talking about abiding in him and, how, and acknowledging those good things that are in you in Christ Jesus that, um, that's powerful in our lives. Um, and the reason I would know that what he was talking about when he said this is the love seat scripture is because I had had a dream, and I was sitting on my sofa, and I was um, gazing intently with um, a gentleman that was my friend's husband. And I was looking at him, and he was looking at me, and she was standing outside the window trying to get in. And I woke up, and I was upset about that dream. And um, the thing about that dream is that my friend, she never had a husband, and she didn't even have a boyfriend. So, um, but one of the things that she would always say is, the ma my maker is my husband. And so um, I forgot about that dream. That was a couple years ago. But when he spoke to me and said, this is the love seat scripture, he knew that I would know what he was talking about. Just sitting on that, on that love seat. I called it a sofa. He called it a love seat. Just gazing into his eyes, looking at him, looking back at me, looking at all the good things that he is to me and that he is in my life. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Burr. Go ahead. I'm just going to wipe the mic down. There you go. All right. Well, this happened about a month ago. It's a story of a love letter that was sent to my sister. She is uh, 13 years younger than I am. In the late 60s, she was very involved in my salvation experience. She was 18. And she was a real evangelist and impacted two other sisters and my father, all of us who became Christians in the early 70s. But she walked away from the Lord in the late 70s. I won't go into that, but she walked away from the Lord and did not engage and has not engaged in any relationship with the Lord since then. Well, about, uh, she, she moved to Taos in New Mexico. She has a home that has a beautiful view of the mountains. And uh, about a month ago, 
the plot in front of her home was purchased by a man who was going to you know, grow something in the field, lavender in the fields. But what he really did was he built a very large barn right on her property line and blocked out the view, gorgeous view, of the whole mountain range in Taos. Obviously, she was quite upset by this. The morning after the barn was completed, she woke up and there was a double rainbow over the barn. I don't know if you've ever seen a double rainbow, but it's magnificent. We have a picture of it. And so she, uh, you know, enjoyed that. And shortly after, had the thought to hire a landscaper who came out and built a fence on that property line. And then she purchased a bunch of, what kind of trees was it? Well, big, big pine trees big pine trees, and he lined that fence with these pine trees. The morning after the pine trees were installed, she woke up and Taos had had a foot of snow, very unusual in uh, late September, early October it was. In. And the snow totally covered these trees. It was absolutely magnificent. And behind the trees, she could now see uninhibited the mountains. So I, Terry and I heard this story, and we thought, you know, you know, once you're saved, you're always saved. But she's walked away for 40 years. The Lord sent her a love letter right there, right there. So I called her and told her that. I said, you received a love letter from the Lord. Well, we'll see where that goes, but I'm praying that she will renew her commitment to the Lord through this experience. Amen. 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 Burr, what's her name? Anne. 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 All right, Anne Robinson. Let's, uh, let's pray for Anne. Yes. Father, we thank you for your work yes, Lord. Uh, in this uh, story yes, Lord. and the beauty that only you can bring. Uh, Father, so we ask now for Anne that she would uh, see, hear your gentle whispers, yes, turn to you, Lord, and have abundant life. Yes, In Jesus' name, yes, amen. Jesus. Okay, again, if anybody wants to share, just come up and sit here. I've got two people online who've shared. Uh, Liz Baker says, uh, God has opened the door for me to do an Advent Bible study with some moms from my kids' school. I've wanted to do something like this there for years, and somehow God saw fit that this would be the right time. I'm looking forward to seeing what God does during this time. Backyard Bible study for the win during COVID. So let's, uh, let's lift that up uh, to the Lord. Father, we thank you for uh, Liz. We thank you for her desire to bring the word of God to those around her. And we now uh, lift up this study. God, ask that you go before them and uh, bring miraculous revelation to each person in that Bible study. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And also, we just heard from Asher McMillan. Asher is eight and a half years old. And uh, he's been reading in Proverbs. And he has highlighted Proverbs 23.12 for us as important to him. 
Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to the words of knowledge. Now that is some wisdom from, uh, from our, uh, our young friend Asher. Yeah, amen? Amen. Thank you, Asher. And yes, uh, we will apply our hearts to instruction. Thank you for that reminder. All right. All right. Now I'm going to have Donna come up and share. All right. I think to wipe this mic down. I'm just trying to be. I know. I'm just trying to be careful. Yeah. All right. There you go. Hello. Yeah. Is it on? Okay. Well, today is a really bittersweet day for me and for my husband Jack and our family, especially for me because this is the last day that I will be here in this sanctuary attending a service at Marymount Church. Uh, Jack and I will be moving permanently to Florida uh, in December. I'm leaving a little bit before he does. but So it's really bittersweet, especially here at Marymount. Uh, we have been attending this church for a decade, for 10 years. And it's been a time of amazing spiritual growth for me and for my family. Uh, soon after we came to the church, uh, I uh, was seeking baptism of the Holy Spirit and had an experience of that, which really completely changed the direction of my life. Uh, it showed me uh, and allowed me to have experiences of God and the Spirit that, to be honest, I, I never thought was possible. And the journey has been an amazing one of my calling into uh, healing and, and healing prayer. And I'm just so grateful for uh, the ways I've been allowed to serve here uh, through soul care and pastoral care. I'm so grateful for my team, uh, Nodge and Marianne and, and uh, Amanda, who's not here, and um, Michael and Mike and Sean and all those who have partnered with me as we have ministered healing uh, prayer. I'm grateful. To every one of you watching or here who have trusted me with your stories, with uh, uh, the opportunity to encounter Jesus together in that really sweet place of, of prayer, uh, it's been the joy of my life to do this work, and, and I'm so grateful that Marymount has, has offered that uh, to me. Um, so um, I thank you, and just pray, we will continue to pray for this church and for all that, that, uh, that you're doing, for Jamie and Dennis and all of the leadership here. Uh, surely there is, the best is yet to come. There's so much yet to come here at Marymount, and Jack and I are so grateful to have been a part of this congregation, a part of this ministry, and we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Anna, come on up. We're going to pray for you. Yeah. 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 Let's just uh, make some room here. All right. Yeah. So uh, as Donna shared briefly, uh, I, I met Donna, I, I think it might have been about 10 and a half years ago uh, at a common friend's uh, birthday party, and we didn't know each other. Donna started sharing with me that uh, she loves to pray for people to get well. And... Uh, she was praying for people in hospice care, you know, and, uh, and uh, she said, yeah, sometimes when I pray for people, my fingers start tingling. 
<laughs> and uh, I said, Donna, you've got the gift of healing. You've got the gift of healing. Like, and, and what she did from that time on in terms of pursuing the Lord, pursuing the, the gift of healing, learning about that, training with Francis McNutt, uh, all the effort she put in, it led to her bringing a ton of good teaching to our church, a ton of healing services, lots of people being healed, and as she mentioned, uh, leading our pastoral care and our soul care ministries. So uh, I, I just want to uh, just encourage you guys uh, that as you start to discover and get comfortable in your gifting, keep pursuing that because that has, in Donna's case, has just affected the whole church. And uh, Jack, uh, along the way, has been an amazing friend. He actually is in the middle of writing a book. We, we call it the Magnus Opus. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't have a title yet. Uh, maybe it does. But uh, anyway, he is uh, writing a, a, a book, and it has been fascinating to me to watch him begin to integrate uh, all of the knowledge he has about the law and the Constitution and the, the way that our country works with the scriptures and natural, natural law and natural rights. And anyway, it's, a, it's been a fascinating journey. It's been very edifying to me. So I want to, uh, and I can't wait for you to publish that, and I can't wait to see how it's going to impact, uh, uh, the, the, especially, I believe, the men uh, the intellectual men of our culture towards uh, hopefully revelation in Christ. So uh, you're going to have an amazing ministry in, in Florida. I know you're going to impact a lot of people. So we're going to send you uh, as missionaries uh, to Florida and we're going to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you guys could lift up, maybe Jamie you could come on the other side here. You could just lift up your hands towards these guys. We're going to bless them and send them uh, to be a blessing. Father, we thank you for Jack and Donna. Father, we thank you for uh, the way that they have loved one another. They have loved you. They have loved their family. They have loved our family here. And Lord, we uh, ask as they did in Antioch so many years ago that you would clothe them with power from on high, that you would send them as ministers of the gospel Father, we, uh, we thank you for uh, their new home in Naples, and we pray, Father, that you would use them mightily to bring your kingdom uh, to men and women uh, down there. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Awesome. about right. Good morning. Uh, most of you don't know us. Uh, we're kind of new here to Marymount and uh, in the region. Uh, but your pastor remembered our names from the first time we came here. He has a great memory. So my name is Stanley Lincoln and I'm here with my wife Pamela. And uh, today we have our daughter, Sharla, visiting with us and uh, our son, Kyle, visiting with us. And uh, we're happy to have them with us. But 
I wanted to share a little bit with you and so that I don't get to rambling. I wrote everything down that I wanted to say <laughs> and um, uh, it's hard to know exactly where to begin to introduce yourself to people, but I'm going to start with um, our past years of work. Um, we worked with uh, an organization called Mission Aviation Fellowship since 1984. So, MAF is an organization that provides aviation transportation and support to the local church, evangelical mission groups, and humanitarian, medical, and relief organizations. And they work in areas of the world that uh, usually modes, the usual modes of transportation that we're used to don't exist. The first four years of our service was in the form of internship, joining the organization, and building a sponsorship in Redlands, California. My particular role of service was as a maintenance specialist, maintaining the aircraft in our fleet. Um, and just to mention a few of Pam's roles, in addition to being mom to our four children, she uh, was a radio flight follower to the airplanes as they were flying, hospitality to many travelers through wherever we were living at the time, and purchasing supplies for staff and clients located in remote locations. Uh, in 1988, we began our field of service in Kinshasa, Zaire. Today, it's called the Democratic Republic of Congo. Later, we moved to the east of the country to be to an international mission community there called Nyankunde. In 1995, we moved to Uganda where we served until 2014. Near the end of 2014, uh, we settled in San Angelo, Texas where I worked for the past five years um, as in uh, maintaining the aircraft for the Customs and Border Patrol. Um, Pam uh, worked with the First Baptist Church there uh, in their preschool. Let's see, lost my place here. So in uh, July of this year, we moved here to Cincinnati and uh, are retiring and settled down in the area, one of our sons lives here and his family and of course three grandchildren are a great um, attraction for that. Um, we've been visiting churches in the area, sometimes in per person and sometimes online, but in our search we discovered uh, Marymount Community Church. We've been off and down here for a few weeks for, for a couple of months now. And uh, it's certainly awkward to get to know folks during this time of COVID pandemic. But we've really been blessed by your style of worship, your teaching, and the genuine community that we feel here. And we hope this will continue and be affirmed as we get to know you and become more involved with you.
Now, there's a couple things I want to share that's going on in my life. Well, the nearness to our son and family are uh, really, we're really enjoying that. There are two huge gaps in my life right now that I'm learning to adjust to. The first is deeply missing our life of service in Africa, and yes, even though it's been five years, that uh, gap is still there. And uh, you may come to understand that more as you get to know us. The second is that um, I don't have my hands buried deep into an engine or an aircraft system right now, and I'm missing that. I guess that's part of retiring, but anyhow, that's where we are. Finally, as I seek uh, to adjust to this new season of life, I want to um, describe it in a song that I learned some time ago. It's how I desire past service and MAF to be remembered and how I desire the expression of my life to be going forward. The message of this song is that the totality of our lives are meant to be an expression of worship and devotion to God. I wish I could say that this has been applied consistently in my life since I learned that song, but the truth is it's not always been at the forefront. And like David that we've learned about, I've messed up a lot. Our study on David here has helped to reinforce it in me. And I would like to, I wish I could sing it for you, but um, for now I'm just going to settle on reciting the lyrics to you. The song is called Life Song from the music group uh, Casting Crowns. And I hope I can get through it. Anyhow, the, here's how it goes. Empty hands held high. Such small sacrifice. If not joined with my life, I sing in vain tonight. May the words I say and the things I do make my life song sing, bringing a smile to you. Let my life song sing to you. Let my life song sing to you. I want to sign your name to the end of this day knowing that my heart was true. Let my life song sing to you. Lord, I give my life a living sacrifice to reach a world in need, to be your hands and feet. So may the words I say and the things I do make my life song sing, bring a smile to you. Let my life song sing to you. Let my life song sing to you. I want to sign your name to the end of this day, knowing that my heart was true. Let my life song sing to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let my life song sing to you. And we look forward to getting to know you more here at Miramount.
Yeah, thank you uh, very much, Stan. Um, hey, let's, uh, let's have a, uh, a prayer. Let's just put our hands over towards this family. Welcome them. Uh, they've been uh, just really faithful with us so far and uh, have a sense now that we know a little bit of their story, of their life and ministry. Um, let's just pray some encouragement over them right now. So, Father, we lift up Stan and Pam and their family. And we, we are thank you, Father, for sending them here. Thank you for making them a part of our community. Thank you for their time of service in Africa. Uh, Lord, thank you for the desires of Stan's heart to continue to serve you, to continue to have his life be a song to you. Lord, what an encouragement to all of us. So we just pour out your encouragement and your Holy Spirit on Stan and Pam. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. You're up, Michael. Hey everybody, I'm Michael. Um, I just wanted to share a little bit of what God was kind of impressing on my heart, and um, and I, I think um, I think the church just needs to be ready to suffer well for the name of Jesus, and uh, be okay with you know being considered less than, or maybe losing jobs or other things. And the, the reason I say this is the, the Bible, uh, it, it tells us to um, behold the kindness and severity of God. And I think, um, as I've been thinking about, we, I, I think it's, we, we have a lot of teaching on the kindness of God, but the severity of God, which is his other half, is um, something that's a little bit harder for us to, to dig into. And my family was watching, uh, we watched Cheaper by the Dozen. It's a movie about 12 kids with Steve Martin last week. And we were going to watch the second one. And as we watched the preview, it just looked a little bit kind of smutty and not very good. And so we saw, we, we, we saw that there was actually an original Cheaper by the Dozen that was made in 1950. And it's the true story of this, of this man. And so we, we watched this movie, and it was just shocking to see how many biblical references were made in this mainstream film, how they, the, the, uh, the, the purity of women, they were clothed, they, you know, the husband and wife didn't even share the same bed because they didn't want to, you know, cross any lines. And, and it was really just, it was really shocking and sad to see how far our culture has gone away from the Bible and away from just decency. And, um, you know, in the end of this movie, the, the, the girl's trying to cut her hair and impress the guy. And, and then she realizes, well, no, I, I need the love of my dad. And there's like this really great moment there. Um, so I just have a few scriptures to, to share. Um, therefore, my dear, this is from Philippians 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my present, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. I believe that's the generation we're living in. This quote from Philippians 2 was, was a quote from Deuteronomy 32, which is the song that God gave Moses to teach the Israelites as they went, went into the promised land, um, where they knew that you guys are going to fall away because you're going to get comfortable. And I want to kind of give an exhortation to the church to not get comfortable. 
um, it says that, um, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I, that I did not run the labor in vain. The day of Christ is when he's returning, and it will, it will be cataclysmic. It is not going to be a fun day. Um, but even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. Um, another, another scripture that I'd like to read is from the book of Jude. Um, and it talks about how people are coming into the church and, and basically teaching that because of the grace of God, you can live immor immoral lives. And I think as, a as we think of the big church in America, we need to hear his, the words. And it says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write you and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you, and they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example to those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Let, yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them. Woe to them! They have taken away... The, they have taken to the way of Cain, they have rushed for profit into Balaam's error, and have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. These people are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown by the wind, autumn trees without fruit, and uprooted twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars, for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Um, and then and at the very end it just says, Dear friends, remember... Um, what the apostles of our Lord Jesus foretold. They said to you, in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. In our culture today, people are saying that real truth is whatever you, you want to do. I mean, that's exactly what it's saying here. They're following their own desires. And these are the people who divide you and who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothes stained by corrupt flesh. I just want us as a church to, to realize that what, what God calls an abomination, we should have that same, that same attitude. And, and though we need to have love, because anything done without love is a gonging symbol, we, you know, I just want, I just want us to be, we, we are the pillar of truth in the world, the church is. And so, um, the, the, the last final scripture I have here is, is how Moses acted from Hebrews 11. He, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. And so, I just will, uh, end by praying, Lord, I ask that you give us all a revelation of that day 
when you will come and restore your kingdom. I ask that you would help us live for the age to come and not for this age, and that we would, we would regard all suffering for Christ as a, a light and momentary affliction compared to the great glory that, we will, that will be revealed on that day. And Lord, I ask that we can be bold and courageous in stewarding your truth uh, as, as we hold out the word of life to a corrupt generation. Amen. Thank you, Michael. All right, from our online friends, Julie Thomas, who has just finished uh, housing uh, a pastor and his wife who work at the vineyard uh, and three cats for seven weeks. Their house caught on fire, and they showed up at her doorstep looking like weary firefighters. They have had a very difficult year with terminal cancer with three family members. So we're just going to lift up Mark and Elizabeth right now. Uh, and also the Vineyard Church because they have been incredibly generous to our city, to us. And so let's pray. Father, we lift up Mark and Elizabeth to you. We ask for your refreshment, Lord, deep refreshment, body, soul, and spirit over them, Lord, and their ministry at the church. We pray for uh, comfort, Lord, as they uh, have so many family members in terminal stages of cancer. Father, we also uh, lift the Vineyard Church. We thank you for their generosity. We bless uh, the new leadership team with Matt Massey and others. Uh, Father, that you would, uh, Lord, fully engage them and, and, and multiply their efforts throughout our city. In Jesus' name, amen. And Scott Hobart also needs prayer. Um, he got four vaccines yesterday. I'm not sure why he got four in one day, but he's wiped out today. So we're going to pray for Scott, and uh, we'll do that uh, when we pray for healing in a minute. Mariel's going to come up, then we're going to show a video, uh, and then we're going to have a time of healing prayer. Mariel? I'm happy Dennis spoke there for a little bit because it's hard to follow Michael Bosager. That was great. Thank you. Love it. Um, I... There's a, a pastor out of Portland um, named John Mark Comer who leads a church called Bridgetown that I low-key celebritize a little bit. But I just love him so much. And he talks about um, when our joy is low, it's easier to give into temptation in just how important it is to rest in the joy of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord. Um, and so I've just been reflecting on Philippians 4, 8, whatever Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And um, gratitude is something that I just, I really love. I mean, it's been like clinically proven to be very good for you, but also is just another way of practicing prayer throughout the day. So I've been going on gratitude walks is my routine to end like working from home to being in my home and not being working. Um, and just a, a walk around the block telling the Lord what I'm thankful for. And this pastor I mentioned uh, sort of one-upped me, and he has this practice that I wanted to share because it's been so helpful. Of He just made a list of his the 10 best moments of his life. Like just... The, mo the moments when you feel the most known and loved and cared for, the moments when you're in awe of God's goodness and his greatness. 
Um, and just taking time each day, especially in the middle of such a trying season, to just reflect on those moments of really being so aware of who God is and who you are as his beloved. Um, and so I just encourage you to to make a list and, and just spend time thanking the Lord for his goodness and just resting into that. Um, he is still good in this season. And um, I just think sometimes those earthly reminders and those moments when it was just so easy to see the reality of God's goodness on earth um, can just be, it's just helpful to just reflect on them. So I've just been spending one minute each morning when I wake up um, just thinking about one of the times on my list and just saying, wow, thank you, Lord. So one of them is my mom and I went to see the Redwoods when I was in college um, and just reflecting on God's goodness and um, just being in awe of who he is. It's just um, really good for the heart. So, yeah. Thank you. Let's go ahead, uh, uh, um, Bella, and run that video of Helen Spurgeon. And I have a story to tell you about how God showed me mercy um, in a chronic illness that I was experiencing. Uh, the story starts last early December when I got a stomach virus. And... Uh, less than a week later, I got another stomach virus. But this time, I didn't get over it. it um, the symptoms of, of bad indigestion and uh, chronic IBS uh, hung with me. Um, I suffered through this through the holidays, through January, and... Um, I did go to the doctor the, and had tests, but all the tests came back negative. So my next move was to go to a specialist. But we'll fast forward to February 9th when I was at church. And uh, believe me, that day I was armed with all my over-the-counter medications. And it was greeting time, so I stood up. And um, Naj was a couple of rows ahead of me, and she stood up. And she turned around, and our eyes locked. And she said, how you doing, Helen? And I said, not too good, Naj. And as a matter of fact, I think I should ask you to pray for me. So she came back and asked me what was wrong. And then she grabbed me, one of Naj hugs, really tight. And she, um, she prayed for me. She prayed for God to heal me, to heal me in a way that made me, my normal body functions, come back. And all this stuff go away. And uh, I left church that day. Um, feeling really good about Naj praying for me but not really hanging my hat on that I was going to be healed and um, 
I went to my son's birthday. His birthday's the 10th. We were celebrating it that day. And um, it was at a bowling alley, of all things. And I was really worried about it. Well, it ended up I had a really good time, no problems. And still wasn't thinking about that healing. And it took a few days for me to start thinking, maybe I got healed. Well, guess what? To this day, I have not had any of those symptoms. And I was healed. Aaron, go ahead. And then this is our last sharing, and then I'm going to lead us into some uh, time of prayer here. Go ahead. My name's Aaron. I feel compelled to share what God has been teaching me and some favorite verses. When I saw Dennis call for the slide that we looked at a few minutes ago, uh, the one with Psalm 16, I said, okay, God, what are you, what are you doing here? Um, so I think that the Spirit leads us to contribute to each other, and I just wanted to encourage you with what he may be speaking to me about. I love this verse. Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy. And this last phrase here is be selfish. It gets your attention. I would probably add the word be righteously selfish when it comes to uh, your walk with God. Be, be greedy for what he wants to give you. And he wants to give you a lot. He wants to lavish calm on you and your life. And better yet, he wants to do that through you to other people. He does. He, that's what he longs for very much. As I read these verses, think of who God wants to be in your life. Think of his role in your life. Think of the power he has to protect you and how that can comfort you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside waters of rest. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This, this is what he wants for you, for us as a community, and he will go to great lengths to be able to do that for you, to give it to you. And sometimes he will be violent in uh, changing your life and challenging you to make some changes so that he can give you that. Ecclesiastes 3 says that there is a time to build and a time to destroy a time to plant and to uproot. And I personally have seen that God goes to great lengths 
to destroy in my life what needs to be destroyed. In fact, in my life, there is a beautiful wide swath of destruction that he has done, especially in the last 15 years. Relationships, career, just uprooting, just destruction, um, but all of it orderly and for my good, and I would not trade any of it, even though it's been devastatingly difficult. Um, so I challenge you as a church, as a church family, let him. Let him destroy what he wants. Be eager for that so that you can receive what he wants for you. Thanks. Amen. Amen. That's a little bit more of the, uh, the kindness and the severity of God, isn't it? Okay, we're at that time where we're going to bring the service to a close. Here's what we're going to do. Um, we have a new elder. So uh, whenever we have a new elder, we uh, install them with congregation prayer. So I'm going to have Jamie come up, and we are going to pray over Jamie um, as a new elder. And then uh, after we do that, um, I'm going to have Steve come up and is going to lead us in a closing song. And then at home... And here, uh, we're going to go into a time of prayer and communion. Pray for each other, for healing. Anybody who needs healing, please uh, pray for Scott Hobart as you do that. Have communion and uh, enjoy the rest of that fellowship in your homes. And we'll do the same at this end when we turn the cameras off. So come on up, Jamie. We're going to uh, pray over you, brother. Could I have any of the other elders who are here just come on up and join me? Uh, help me. Uh, so we're just going to stand behind him and pray over him. Uh, as you know, uh, we, we uh, affirm Jamie as a new elder here in the church um, in June. And um, we typically would do this much sooner because of COVID and so forth. So as we pray, also remember his wife Jess and his uh, daughter Bailey and his son Caden who are at home we love you guys we're going to bless you now in prayer um, so Father we thank you for uh, bringing Jamie and Jess and Bailey and Caden into our community Father we thank you for the way that you have uh, raised up this family uh, in all of their experiences and all their ministry to come and be part of what you are doing here in Cincinnati Father, thank you for the blessing that they have been to us as a congregation. Even, even so far, Father, a, a blessing. You have uh, raised up uh, a mighty man of God here, Lord. So, Father, in, in uh, all humility, we seek now that you, you come now, Lord, and by the Holy Spirit, you have chosen him, you have redeemed him, you have brought him to our congregation. We now ask, Father, that you would clothe him with power, that he can carry out his shepherding responsibilities here in this flock with great love. And as you say in Psalm 78, uh, as David did, with skill and integrity. And we see these qualities in Jamie, Lord, and we bless him. We ask, Lord, that you would do even more. In Jesus' name, the church agreed and said, Amen. 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 Bless you.
Are you, uh, are, you, are you revved up there, Jamie? Are you ready? All right. So, uh, yeah, uh, Steve is going to close us in an uh, instrumental hymn. We all know it. So just encourage you to sit in the presence of God and to uh, uh, meditate as we uh, close the service with this. I'll do the benediction afterward. Then we will stay here and you stay there. Uh, for communion and prayer. Thank you, Steve. Has been this trip has been a, a gift uh, to me from the Lord and uh, something that I'll never forget. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I can see. And I'll just add to that from Psalm 28:7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give him thanks with song.
Thank you, thank you, Steve. Thank you for blessing us this morning. Well, we're going to close now in, in prayer. Um, I want to lift up John Bean, who just told us about uh, receiving uh, tests last week, waiting for answers. So we're praying for total healing. In the name of Jesus, John, thank you for sharing that request. Father, we thank you for the way that you have uh, brought gifts of, of teaching and worship and exhortation uh, to the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for this gathering, which is according to your word. We pray, Father, for lasting fruit from this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us. Have a great week, everybody. Bye now.